since this is part eight of the series, if you don't know what this is about and you're still watching it, I don't know how you're still doing it. Anyway, with me as always is my best buddy in the world, Bob. How are you? Hello. Are you ready for part eight? Let's do this. Okay, now I have my raw notes. They're not cleaned up, and God knows what I've written. So I'm looking forward to talking about these next 10 minutes. I believe it's an hour and 10 into an hour and 20. If we were the raw notes, it would be better than the dialogue in the movie. Here we go. So Bruce looks freaked out after the dream or whatever happened. This is where the flash and like the nightmare stuff's going on. He wakes up and he sees the decryption is complete. And we get a LexCorp logo. Then we go to the Daily Planet and CK. That's Clark Kent for those of you not in the know. He gets a package. Inside that package is a newspaper about Batman. So we cut back to the cave and Bruce Wayne is looking up the white Portuguese, which has been discussed earlier. First, I thought it was a racist thing. Apparently not. Anyway, let's keep going. So we cut back to the planet, and Clark is looking at Polaroids of branded people who were killed. Uh, under the Polaroids is Red Sharpie with judge, jury, executioner, justice, question mark, or something like that. The White Portuguese is a boat, which is uh, what Bruce tells Alfred. Alfred says words while picking up tools around the Batmobile because Alfred's got to do something. And Alfred explains to Bruce that Bruce is really bad at lying to Alfred. He knows that there's not a dirty bomb on the white Portuguese, like Bruce has been saying. It's got to be something else. And Bruce just flat out explains, there's a weapon on the boat. It's a rock, a mineral. I like that he explains it's a mineral. I don't know why that matters. Uh, but he also explains that this kryptonite is on a boat and he's going to steal it from Lex. Okay. We got a clear path here. We got a guy. We got the means. We know what he wants. All right, not a problem. Alfred and now we get the motivation. Yeah, here comes the motivation. Because Alfred asks very, and this is earnest questioning. This is not Alfred acting like a smartass. He, he asks to keep it out of Luther's hands, to destroy it. And Bruce looks really intense, and he says no. And then Alfred says, you're going to go to war? Then Bruce says, that son of a bitch brought the war to us two years ago. Now, Bruce goes on about the thousands who died. Now, he's talking about Superman, the Battle of Metropolis, and we're getting a timeline, right? We knew that this took place, mm -hmm. and I don't know if the beginning says two years from that, from the actual Battle of Metropolis, but we have a dead two-year mark at this point. We know this for a fact. It's been two years. Batman's been around for a while. We find out more about him as this goes on, along. And here comes the line where I lose it. Quote, And if we believe there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty, and we have to destroy him. End quote. Alfred tries to talk some sense into Bruce. Bruce says, 20 years in Gotham, Alfred. That's another huge timeline thing, okay? So for 18 years, there's a Batman and no Superman, okay? Yep. Or let's say 15, because maybe Superman was hanging around trying to figure out his stuff. Right. Still 15 years of Batman, okay? I'm sure Bruce isn't talking about like his 20 years of being Bruce Wayne, because he's no. clearly older than 20. Yeah, he's clearly in his 40s at this point. Yeah, yeah, he says, we've seen what promises are worth. We get some more timeline stuff. That's great. And... I still can't stand that 1% line because it doesn't make any bat sense. No, this is the one of the smartest men in the world, world's greatest detective, smartest guy, and that leap of logic now, is it, very emotional, and he's usually very stoic. That's it, the thing. And in that respect, it establishes that this Batman is not the Batman that we're used to. Fair right. enough. This is, a, this is not a line that Batman usually works no. with he doesn't cross it he doesn't go okay there's only one way to do this if anything the line that he doesn't cross is that there's always good in somebody no matter what right. that's why he won't kill them and end them he's there mm -hmm. to for rehab or rehabilitate them in yep. some respects he's trying to bring them to justice in our united states system yeah. that's prison which is supposed to be rehab and that's a whole other thing 
if you want to watch that right. series, it's called Spite Kitchen, where we discuss the unfairness of kitchens in prisons. Yes. Don't watch it for that. We don't talk no. about that. Not at all. Anyway, speaking of prison, Clark's at a prison. And he's trying to find out what happened to an inmate. Now, he sees a comic strip that is taped to the desk. And it's got a little Louisville Slugger bat. It's a little the Batman joke. I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess so. And bat- Clark wants to know where this, this inmate is. And he can't get an answer from the person behind the desk. But an officer nearby kind of gives Clark a, a hint, kind of like a head nod, to tell Clark to go somewhere. And in this movie, Clark's not a moron in this one scene. And he figures it out, and he talks to the woman. And she world's world's greatest coincidence that she's there the exact same time that he goes there. But I'll allow it. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. It works for the plot. I didn't even think of the convenience factor. Let's go with it. (laughs) So she the inmate's name is Santos and she has a child by him. It appears or is related to him somehow. He said she says that he was a father. They took him out of Gotham and they moved him to Metropolis. They know the mark all over. That's the judge. So. If I understand this right, this guy was in the Gotham prison, but they moved him, but he was killed in the Metropolis prison? That's what she alluded to. Yeah. So that, to me, has been confusing, because I don't know if we have a two-jail system in the other movie, the the theatrical cut. And I can see how this is slightly confusing, but it also explains that no matter where a prisoner is transferred, no matter what happens to this person, if they go from... There is no safe spot for these branded people. So I guess that's really good to know. Right. So Clark wants to talk to, uh, wants this woman to talk to him, and she wants to know how he's going to help, you know, with your pen. Words don't stop him. You know what stops him? A fist, she says. Okay, well, she's setting up the movie. Great. Yep. yep. We go go back to the planet for an absolute meaningless scene. Perry's looking around for Kent, and he's like, well, he just clicks his heels, and he ends up in Kansas. And then you'd assume that the next scene we're getting is we're going to have Superman in Smallville. Nope. Nope, no. I thought that too. Nope, I thought, oh, okay, we're going to go do a... Nope, not this time. Subverted your expectations, did they? Clever. Clever yeah. movie. So nothing happens with Perry. So forget that happened. So we yeah. go to the white Portuguese ship. Now this is where the ship hits the fan. Ha! That's not scripted. Because I would have edited wow. that out. That's what's great about this show. <laughs> this, this show is less painful, I tell you, because you know I'm going to be an idiot. Yeah. All right, here we go. White Portuguese ship. The crate's being unloaded. We get an aerial shot of the whole situation. We see Batman on the top of a, a crane or something with a gun. It's really a shot out of Dark Knight Returns. I think it's on top of a bridge in the book. It looks great. That's something about this movie that is... This movie can really look wonderful. Yes, yes. He does a great job. I mean, it's it's dark, it's gritty, and it's got some great shots. Yeah, and, and, and the homages to these beautiful... Frank Miller shots uh-huh. are there. Mm-hmm. That that there. That, there's no sarcasm. There's no ifs. There's no buts. Nope. I'm just telling you about nope. that flat out. Uh, so Batman's got this gun and he shoots a tracker onto a truck and a whole bunch of cars are surrounding this truck as it's moving as a, a convoy. Here comes the Batmobile. Now we've kind of seen it, but Bats is inside. He's shooting. Someone shoots at the Batmobile. So Batman decides to ram this car and the car flies into a truck. We hear the yep. Wilhelm scream, which I completely i'm over uh then while the the truck is behind bats they fire a grappling hook and they start dragging the car with them i don't remember that being the scenario when i watched it the first time probably because i didn't know what the hell was going on 
Yep. Because I'm like, okay, what's happening? There's a gun. It's pretty what's, cool. What's this ship? What's happening yeah. again? Because I'm not really sure. I must have I must have gotten lost on the import license thing, but that's a whole yeah. other thing. Okay, so anyway, so Bats is he's dragging the car with him, and a chase is on, and the bad guys are firing at Batman, and he then decides to let go of the drag car, and then it flies on top of the shooters. They dead. Yeah. I don't say oh, that yeah. phrase. Oh yeah, very often. No, no question, no question. And he continues on and kills other people in this chase. This is beyond reckless. Yeah, this is intentional. He's killing with yeah. intent. Okay. Oh yes. So we got Batman. He's following the truck. The SUV loses its roof, which I didn't know they could do. This is a wonderful scene too. This it loses its roof, and a guy has a minigun and he's shooting at at the Batmobile. I'm like, okay, this guy's serious. Batman remembers he has more than a Cuisinart on his Batmobile. That's a Spaceballs joke, and opens fire. Because he's got guns. Why did I write that down while I was writing, <laughs> watching the movie? So Batman is blowing shit up, and people are dying. I mean, lots of people are dying. We oh, get, yeah. We, yeah. Get, yeah. we get to cut you know, into the Batmobile every now and then, and we get you know, very cool, calm shots of Batman just kind of looking around. Yeah. He could be in a totally different movie, but I get the yeah. <laughs> idea that he's, that he's really chill because he's supposed to be chill. It's not like he's sweating or worried or like yeah. an alcoholic, which would have been interesting if they made him like, you know, withdrawals. But anyway, okay, so now, now we get into like this cartoonish scene where the truck back door opens and everyone's got like these huge bazookas and they're, sh- they're going to shoot Batman. Okay, so to get around this, this is my favorite typo. Bats gores through a wall. Gores through a wall. I think that's supposed to be Batman goes through a wall, but it says oh, okay. gores through a wall. Gores through a wall. Like a bull. Yep. Gores through a wall to continue, continue following the truck, and the truck can't find Batman. They have no idea what's going on. So Batman's going through the building because, of course, he did, and then he's just did lots of property damage, comes out of the building to follow the truck further. Okay. He's unstoppable. And so is this car. We've got lots and lots of property damage. We've got um, a ton of ships falling or something. The Batmobile gets stuck yeah. underneath it somehow. Oh, yeah. And Batman shoots his way out of it. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if you shoot something clear, I guess there's enough. We used to, you work on cars. I used to work on cars. I don't know if there's enough torsion or traction on that vehicle. If there's a ship on top that you can get forward momentum. What do you think? Don't know. Don't know. I, I've never driven a Batmobile. But, I mean, technically, if you have enough torque and enough traction, like a, like certain construction vehicles could do it. But I don't know about that one. But, you know, I'll believe it. I'll believe it. I'm good. Like a cat. Yeah. But there is one thing that can take this car down. The end of the Wait scene? Wait for it. Wait for it. Superman. Just standing there, getting hit by the car. Yeah. So he he goes through buildings, he goes through everything, but he hits Superman's leg and the car's toast. Okay, so that that I think is a questionable thing. So Superman is standing right in the middle of the street or wherever Batman is driving cuz whatever. Yeah. He seems like he dives, not dive, he drives uh what's the word? Superman is standing in the middle of the street, Batman is coming at him with the Batmobile. It looks like he almost drifts into Superman. Yeah. May I think he was trying to do it. He was trying to take out Superman is what I, what I Took, I didn't think it the first time I saw it, but I think this time, Batman's a good driver. If he wanted to avoid him, he would have avoided him. He tried to take him out. Okay, I can see that, or at least uh, intimidation of some kind. But it de- because yeah, he hit the ga- he hit the saw him hitting the brakes and twisting the wheel to start the drift. So, so then the car, the Batmobile decides because it 
can't move Superman. It, it knocks into like yeah. some kind of construction, and Superman is not really happy. So he comes over to the Batmobile, and he removes the Bat canopy, and Batman stands up in the car, and Superman's standing on the on and the hood good, of the car. It's a good shot. It's a good shot. Not gonna lie, that's pretty badass. The two of them. Yeah. But then we have, you know, the, the angry Superman. Uh, Next yeah. time they shine your light in the sky and he says some stuff and the bat is uh, dead. Just dialogue is the worst. Very exchange. Consider bad. this mercy. Oh. Okay. And here comes the line that breaks the bob. Oh. Batman then says, tell me, do you bleed? And then Superman looks at him and he just flies away. I mean, he doesn't like say anything. But then Batman says to himself, oh. to absolutely nobody in particular, he goes, you will. And then if you Ugh. look, if you just look at Batman in this shot, I'm going to have it on screen right now. I'm going to be zooming in slowly right now. He looks like a little kid stuffed in a winter coat because, like, <laughs> his face is all smushed, right, by the by the cowl. He's like, you will. It's like, okay, man. He looks like a kid that was, like, left by the bus stop or something. Like, okay, I know, I know, I know it's cold out, but he just looks, I know it's supposed to be intimidating. I know he's the Batman. I know he's seen cool stuff. And, I mean, I love Batman, but this was, like, the least intimidating. You will. Ugh. So oh, they, it was just horrible. Like, I, uh, I don't know who, why they had him say that. There had to be something better he could say. I, I don't know. It was just, no, just no. After a great action scene, and they blew it. Yeah, and then Batman goes back to the cave with a damaged Batmobile, and that's the end of the 10-minute the window here. I do have to say, the way he gets into the Batcave is pretty badass. How does he do the way that? He, he, the water opens up. Um, in the water, the canopy opens up, and then he drives off a little jump and then goes into that opening in the water. Completely impractical, but you know what? Yeah, I mean, if the machine is damaged, does it have, like, safety exactly. rails? Does yeah, that... it would have been difficult, yeah. There were safety rails, and, you know, they showed him driving not so great down the safety rails, but yeah. Okay, so... So, yeah. Um... So what did you think? It was it was a totally watchable ten minutes. It was good action. You know, not I liked seeing Batman. You know, drive the car, kick some ass. But what did you think otherwise? Okay, minute by minute, this isn't bad. I'd say it, it's pretty easily watchable. Uh-huh. Uh, it's as long as you turn your brain off, don't think too hard about it. It's yeah. fine, totally fine. If you do think about it, and you start waiting the minutes. I mean, W-E-I-G-H-T, not waiting the minutes like yeah, we are. Yeah, The do you bleed line can really pull down some of this. Oh, yeah. It, it kills, like I said, great scene, and they killed it right at the end. But, I mean, it had to happen. You finally got the two of them together on the screen. I think they just wasted it. I mean, there was so much more that I don't think they needed to say more, but it could have been, I don't know, something better. And, you know, we loathe to do this on the show. I don't want to jump ahead because we haven't officially seen it yet. But it also shows you that if Clark wants to talk to Bruce, he can. Yes, yes, talking. Yes, they can talk. This will they come both up. They can, can talk and hear each other. Yes. This will come up again later. Yes. I don't want to spoil when that happens. But it's been like five years. So if you haven't seen it already and this is your first time hearing about the movie you're welcome you're obviously, yeah you're welcome but you obviously weren't that interested in it 